Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga for You. I'm Kelly, and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. Now that it is starting to warm up outside, I feel like these warmer, sunnier days, they're just like calling to me. I want to be outside. I want to be busy. I want to be doing things. And I am so glad that when I'm feeling that energy and I want to go and do that I have factor right there in my fridge so that I don't have to worry about tons of prep for food, big messy meals. I don't have to think about like, oh, what am I going to feed myself this week. It's all done for me with Factor. And thanks to Factor's fresh, never frozen meals that are dietitian approved, they're just ready to eat in two minutes. So no matter how busy I get, no matter what the kids have going on, no matter what is on the calendar this spring and summer, I have nutritious, great tasting meals ready to go. And with over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. I've been loving those add-ons personally. Like you have everything from breakfast to dessert and you can stay fueled with these easy nutritious options. You all know my husband likes to take them into the hospital. I like them for those busy days where I'm on the go with the kids and I can treat myself to these restaurant quality meals in just two minutes. And we're talking really great ingredients here like blackened salmon, yes please, and all of that without shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 and use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. Thank you all so much for being here. I am just grateful for you. I wanted to make sure I took a moment to share that. I think it every day, but I don't always tell you every episode, but I am so grateful that you're here. And today I thought we would do, I think this will be like a mini freeform episode where we really explore mindfulness, what it truly is, what it is not, how and why you should be practicing it daily. Um, If you didn't hear, this is my one quick reminder. I've got it. You know, I've got to fit one in. This is my only chance to talk to you. Um, My final 2023 retreat is live. It is a collab with the beautiful Gina Sear. Um, She's the host of Past Lives and the Divine. We're going to be in British Columbia, Canada, so a couple hours outside of Vancouver. And we're going to be recalling past lives. We're going to be talking to our spirit guides. We're going to be doing soul work, daily yoga. It's just and it's in like the most beautiful setting. Um, yeah, you can head over to yogafreeonline.com, click on retreats, or I'll link to it in the show notes. I would love to have you there. There's about two spots left. Um, it'd be really special if you were there. All right, mindfulness. Let's talk about it. You've heard me talk about it briefly before. I've touched on it. Obviously, this podcast is called mindful in minutes, like meditation and mindfulness are often used interchangeably, but they're actually two different practices. So meditation, as we know, is just the action or practice of single-pointed concentration on an object or a concept. My favorite way to describe this is the mind is like a light bulb. So when you're meditating, you're trying to take that light bulb and you're trying to focus all the light on one thing. 
So you're turning the light bulb into the laser pointer. Now, mindfulness on the flip side, that is the quality or state of being fully present, aware, and conscious of your surroundings and state of being. So going back to the light bulb, it's like you are taking that light bulb and turning the light up all the way so you can clearly see whatever it is that you're looking at. Um, It's really about like using your senses and being present with something that you're doing 100%. Like that's practicing mindfulness, just doing one thing at a time and being fully present with that thing. It's pretty simple. I didn't say it's easy, (laughs) but it's pretty simple, the idea of it. And you can do anything mindfully, right? You can fold your clothes mindfully. You can walk the dog mindfully. You can drink a cup of coffee mindfully. As long as you're being completely present in just that one thing that you're doing, you're practicing mindfulness. So you can do anything mindfully, but you can't really do anything else while you meditate. The exception being a walking meditation, which is a little bit of a hybrid. Um, And even that, like, you know, we aren't just like going out like willy nilly going for a little power walk. It's like we're moving really slowly, really intentionally focusing on the feet on the ground. So even that isn't like just practicing mindfulness. It's kind of like a halfway point in between the two. So we're going to be talking all about mindfulness today, which is also really important and super beneficial. Um, Basically, if you're listening to this, you know, the, the too long didn't read the TLDR is that you can take any small little thing that you find to be mundane and turn it into a mindfulness practice and make it really special, powerful, and beneficial. So I'll be doing a mindful doing meditation this Sunday. Um, our meditation of the week will be this this mindful doing. And it's basically a guided mindfulness practice. I'll be guiding you through some kind of an activity or a task or a chore or whatever you choose to do for that. So I want to explore some of the benefits of practicing mindfulness daily. So these are from the APA, the American Psychological Association, but some of the studied benefits of practicing mindfulness, so separate from meditation, although there's a lot of overlap in the benefits because they're closely related, but things like reduced rumination, right? So people who maybe ruminate on things, overthink, think about something for a very, very long time. I think about rumination often as like you have an uncomfortable conversation with someone and you keep like replaying it and being like, oh, should I have said this or should I have said that or, you know, did this lead to that and da 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 right? You're ruminating on that one interaction. So people who practice regular mindfulness see a reduction in rumination. They also see a reduction in anxiety, stress, and depression. I want to touch on that anxiety piece and the depression piece because, you know, it's kind of my belief that depression is sort of living in the past. And this isn't to minimize depression or anxiety. They are very, very real things. I've struggled with both at different times. Um, But when I'm looking at it kind of with my mindfulness lens, I think of depression as sort of living like in the past or being drawn to the past, being kind of, I don't know, being drugged down to the past doesn't quite feel like the right way to describe it, but I think you guys know what I'm trying to say, where anxiety is kind of this constant chronic living in the future, right? Worrying about what might happen or what could happen or what's going to happen next or something that's coming up. Like depression is kind of being pulled into the past where anxiety is kind of constantly living in the future, where mindfulness 
is being anchored in the moment. And so I think the more that we practice mindfulness and the more that we allow ourselves to be present and anchored in the moment, it helps to reduce our tendencies to either be pulled into the past or constantly living in the future, depression and anxiety. Uh, Regular mindfulness has also been shown to boost working memory and self-examination and helpful introspection. So sometimes this is referred to as like cognitive flexibility, right? Like your ability to not just like wrap your head around new concepts, but to be able to maybe step outside of yourself and kind of examine objectively. Um, People who practice mindfulness tend to have an easier time with this or to build uh, this skill over time. And I'm talking about helpful introspection, which is different than rumination. Rumination is that kind of not helpful, like getting in your head about something, where helpful introspection, like if we go back to that uncomfortable conversation, where rumination is kind of just overplaying all the time, like, oh, did I mess this up? Should I have done it this way? That's rumination versus helpful introspection is where maybe you look at that same interaction and you just look at it kind of the one time and you're like, wow, that really didn't go the way I would have liked it to go. How can I do something differently the next time um, to have a different interaction? And then kind of going from there and then when you come to your conclusion, releasing it, right? So introspection versus rumination. Regular mindfulness has also been shown to improve your immune function. We know that the more that you reduce your stress, the better your immune system can function and the more rest that you're getting, um, the better your immune system functions. You also, uh, with regular mindfulness, tend to have less emotional reactivity. So it's kind of that, you know, that hot-headedness that, you know, someone cuts you off while you're driving and you immediately react before you even realize what's happening, kind of popping off in that way, um, reducing that kind of emotional reactivity. And then people who practice regular mindfulness, this one I found to be really interesting, People report having increased satisfaction in relationships with others and also with themselves. So it's almost like the more that you cultivate a present moment practice, a mindfulness practice, you have just this greater satisfaction within your relationships, which I think is really cool. And I think it's important to note here that just a few minutes a day is fine, like 10 minutes. We're constantly in this go, 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 go state kind of living life in fast forward or getting through something as quickly as possible so we can get on to the next thing right like think about chores or family time morning routines all those tiny little things that add up during the day those are all opportunities to live mindfully but often what we do is we're just like zipping through them and we're trying to just like check another thing off list like I need to get this done so then I can immediately get on to the next thing And it's just constant, you know, go, 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 one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. So when I was first introduced to really this idea of like mindfulness or mindful doing was when I was living with the monks and I was given, every day I was given a daily task and I was supposed to do it, you know, with presence and silence, with happiness and patience. So the first day it was like I had to weed um, in between these little like paper stones. So I was kind of on like my hands and knees, um, pulling out these little weeds, you know, in the little rocks um, or pebbles. You guys, know, <laughs> you guys know I'm like triggered by um, pebbles because of that one. I Haven't I told this story? Because that one one-star review where someone just like roasted me and wrote me this like huge paragraph about how I use the word pebbles in a um, meditation because 
and that all I could imagine was their feet being cut up by pebbles, or I should have said stones because stones are soft and pebbles are like hard. I don't know. Anyways, but these really were like pebbles. And I guess now that I think about it, it was kind of hard, but I mean, I was like on my hands and knees. So I was like, you know, my knees were on them. So it was a little bit hard, but I wouldn't say that like my knees were being like cut up by, you know, the pebbles. And But anyways, so anytime I say pebbles, I always think, oh, well, pebbles are sharp um, because of that individual's interesting one-star review. Because um, I do read the reviews. So, you know, do with that what you will. Um, 99% of them are so kind and so loving. And I've been doing this for so long that I think that was actually the reason that one sticks out of my mind. It was the first one-star review that I got. And it just felt like, oh, like this dagger to my heart. Um, and I still get them every once in a while. I promise I'm not going to talk about this the whole time. Um, but now they are, you know, they're usually, it's just, it's so interesting to me because we live in this, like, we live in like truly like a five star or one star like world where it's like you have to either like be on. And I'm not saying like, you know, you guys don't need to go and like mess up the algorithm and everyone give me a bunch of like three stars. But it's just so interesting because, you know, I get this like email every week and it just gives me like stats on the show. And if there's any like new reviews on there, it'll it'll have them there. And and every time I get that email, I'm kind of like, oh, I get this little like, oh, I hope there's like, you know, nice things in there. But, um, you know, it's just interesting because it's like we just live in such a duality of like this is the best podcast I've ever listened to. And like writing these like mo- like some of these reviews that you guys leave like truly bring me like they like make me tear up because I'm like this is so special and like kind and generous. And like it just makes me feel like the work that I'm doing is like really significant and that it's you know that my intention of having these meditations reach the people that need it. It just feels like really good and fulfilling. Um and, you know, and then or on the flip side, it's it's usually either that or it's someone that's just like this person is a moron. They, you know, use pebbles instead of stone. And it's like these like scathing like one star. And it's just something that I think about, you know, a lot having had a business for a while. And um, I don't know, like why just something I've personally been reflecting on is like why the need to like either, you know, go above and beyond and like you know, this thing has changed my life, or this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, you know, this person should just never do this ever again, you know, whatever it is. Like, why do we feel so moved to, you know, live in this, what I think of as like a five-star or a one-star world? And it's just, I don't have an answer to it. something that like I personally contemplate a lot. And you know, it's interesting because when I think about, you know, to kind of bring it back and to rein this tangent back in, because I got triggered by my own use of the word pebble, um, I think about just when it comes to like mindfulness and and especially this idea of emotional reactivity and introspection is something that I try to do or that I've been working on just personally is that when I have some kind of a big emotion, right, like a big thing, whether it be, you know, someone uses the word pebbles and that really like triggers me is I try to instead of having like the immediate reaction or kind of the immediate ripple effect in which something happened to me so then that then makes me want to I dislike something that makes me want to like immediately kind of go on the offensive 
is to hit the pause button even for a second and to try to practice introspection and be like, okay, what's happening right now? What's coming up for me? And that's not to say if, you know, if, if you, you're not an introspective person, if you've ever left a one-star review on someone, but it's just interesting. And I think a lot about this, of this idea of kind of emotional reactivity and how, you know, one thing can happen to us and then that can ripple effect. Like I very much, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, especially if it's like, Someone's just creating something, you know, not that like, oh, what I'm doing is art. But like if I were to go into an art museum and like look at a piece of art, I didn't really care for it. Like I wouldn't go to that artist like website and leave like a one star review or be like, oh, this art museum stinks. They had this painting and I hated it. It's just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like that's, you know, not for me or it's not my favorite piece of art. And just, you know, letting that be that as opposed to letting the experience that I have have this ripple effect um, and I think about this particularly with negative experiences where this one negative experience or unpleasant thing that can happen to me be like a little stone that I drop into the water that then creates these ripple effects, right? So then if I do that and then I go and leave this, you know, scathing review for someone, you know, for whatever, like how does that then impact them or their mental health or like if, you know, I you know, sometimes, again, one-star reviews are, like, kind of funny. Not just on my podcast, but if you go on, like, Yelp or, like, Google reviews and you look at, like, the one-stars, it's, like, some of them are just, like, a little silly and that person was obviously having, like, a bad day. But you think about, like, well, how does that impact, like, the person who has to read those and review those or, like, the employees at that business? And then, you know, then what does that do? Like, how do these kind of singular, unpleasant experiences that I'm reconciling within myself or experiencing within myself, what is the long-lasting ripple effect to that? And again, I think like all of this to me really ties together, especially when it comes to mindfulness, because when I was um, first, you know, being introduced to this and I had to do kind of my daily chore, and this was when I was living with the monks, like it was it was almost 10 years ago at this point, maybe like, it was about eight years ago. And I remember going back to the pebbles and the weeds, I was so like grumpy and salty about having to silently, because remember I'd take a vow of silence, having to silently kind of just like be on my hands and knees and like pluck out these little weeds. And I was so bent out of shape about it. And it's probably a good thing I had a vow of silence because I wouldn't have I'm, you know, I don't imagine it. I would have been very pleasant to the people that I was talking to, the people that I was around. But it was like having this unpleasant experience of being like, oh, well, you know, I'm already not eating very much and I have to wake up early. And granted, all of this, like I chose to do all this. So I was just kind of being like a little brat at this time. And I was just grumpy. And then I had to get on my hands and knees on these little paper stones and pick out all these little weeds. And there were so many of them. Like it was a long path. Like I, I was at this for like an hour or two, just there being like, and you know, what a sense of entitlement I had. Like, oh, I'm, you know, coming here to learn. Why am I here picking these weeds? But I actually learned so much from that experience. And at first there was such resistance. I was so frustrated by it. And I was just like, oh, this, you know, thing, my knees hurt, da, 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 whatever. And then, you know, the next day, and, and I talked about this frustration, you know, with Bonte, with my teacher. And I was like, you know, I really hated that chore. And this is why, because there's, you know, these learning times that I could speak. And then the next day I was tasked with sweeping the meditation hall and, you know, getting all the dust out of these little nooks and crannies. 
And that task, you know, it, it was just a little bit different. And I, you know, when I was sweeping as opposed to when I was, you know, gardening, one, I kind of had this little attitude check for myself. But there was something like the meditation hall was empty and it was quiet and it felt really peaceful. And I was like, okay, like I started to take a little bit of pride in what I was doing. And I tried to be present with like the experience of doing it. And every day when I had a different task, whether it be, you know, washing windows or doing laundry or sweeping or gardening, like each day I started to kind of improve upon this process. And I found it more and more enjoyable. And I started to look like almost look forward to it because I was kind of practicing this mindful doing where I'd had such a mindset of like, oh, a chore is a chore. Like you go and you do it and you just, you know, check it off the list and then you can move on to the next thing. And there really was no next thing. Like when I was there and, you know, I wasn't talking, I wasn't allowed to read anything. I'd take this total like, you know, off grid vow of science. Like there was nothing else to do. So I don't know what I was in such a rush for. And it was really eye opening eye-opening to me like this particular activity of being given this chore and they challenged me to really do it with gratitude and with curiosity and with joy and after you know the few weeks that I was there it it became so powerful to just do something mindfully which really kind of inspired this idea for me of like mindful doing and sharing that practice with others that my friends is the sound of another sale on shopify and let me tell you when i first started podcasting i was not thinking about an online store at all i was just excited that i had figured out how to basically create an audio file and get it out into the universe i wasn't thinking about the possibilities or what things would look like years on down the road. And now that I'm selling books and decks and meditation scripts, I have found that not only is an online store so important, but it is so easy now that I've discovered Shopify. And Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out or maybe you just hit your millionth sale. Shopify has amazing support to help you along the way, and it helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, and it's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And like, honestly, the one thing I wish I would have done differently with my online store is just started it sooner. And Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And the reason is, is because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. So you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. If I could go back and do one thing differently when I was starting this podcast, I would have set up my online store right away because as this podcast began to grow and I had dreams of different products, the things that really held me back from starting that was like not knowing how to set up an online store, which is why I'm really excited to tell you about Shopify because Shopify makes this so easy and you do not have to be stuck in the how the heck do I have an online store stage like I was for years. And Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting or maybe you're about to make your one millionth sale. And you can sell anything. It could be meditation decks. It could be 
artisanal candles. Maybe you make dog bandanas. Whatever it is, Shopify has got you covered. Plus, it helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which is amazing. Had Shopify existed when I started this podcast, it would have made my life so much easier. I wouldn't have been stuck and like frozen and not knowing how to start up an online store, which took me years to do because I just... I didn't know about Shopify yet. But thankfully, you can learn from my mistake and sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. So transitioning now into how do you incorporate mindfulness into your day? Like, what does that look like? You know, why should we be doing it? All of that. The first thing that I like to explore when I'm looking at specifically this daily mindfulness practice is I like to do a little bit of like, I don't know, like a little audit. I think I feel like with every freeform episode, I'm like, do an audit of your thoughts, do an audit of this. It really does help you. That's why I, you know, suggest it so much. But doing like this audit or just even imagining what if you wrote down every little thing that you did each day, like everything that you quote did. Like how long would that list be? It'd probably be huge. But how much of it do you remember doing or how much were you engaged in doing? How much of it did you just kind of like blast through it to get it done? And I think about this, you know, sometimes at the end of my day, I feel like, you know, I I did everything but yet did nothing at the same time it's like well I felt really busy all day I was doing all this stuff but like what did I actually do today and that's always a good reminder to me that it's like okay I really just blasted through that day I was not being anchored in the present I was not being mindful for any of it so just doing like a little audit you know mentally just reflecting or writing down like what do you do in a day and it's a lot and think of mindfulness as like the anti-multitasking but in a way that just makes things like much more special and you know not that this is all about like productivity but studies do show that when you actually just take things like one thing at a time and you're fully present with that one thing you do actually kind of get it done faster and more efficiently But total mindfulness, what that means is that you're present with a single task. So no music, no podcasts. I know a lot of you are probably listening to me right now while you're doing a chore or something. I do it too. You don't have to, you know, say I'm never going to do two things at once. I'm never going to listen to music while I clean my house or I'm never going to listen to a podcast while I'm out for a walk again. Remember, we're just going to pick one little thing. But when we are doing this mindfulness activity, it's just being fully present, nothing in the background truly nothing else except for that one thing that we're doing. The easiest way I find to start incorporating mindfulness into your everyday is to just pick one thing and be present for that one task. So that could be dishes, laundry, your morning commute, um, like one kind of quote, like mundane thing, your morning shower, whatever it is, like one little mundane thing that you do and that you usually do like every day. It could be maybe setting a timer and saying, you know what, for the next 30 minutes while I play with my kids, I'm just going to be fully present playing with my kids and just being completely present. And that can be like an eight-minute task, a 15-minute task, a 30-minute task. It's up to you. But just one regular mundane thing and be completely present while you do that thing every day. Could be the same thing every day. You can mix it up every day. 
And then you're going to use your senses, right? So if you're folding laundry, I talk about laundry a lot because it's one of my least favorite chores. So I actually, when I do fold laundry, I try to practice mindfulness with it because I I just find that to be one of the more like daunting chores. But it can be like, what does this piece of clothing look like? What does it feel like in your hands? Maybe you contemplate who made it or where it was made and and then you fold it. This doesn't have to take long. Like I don't sit there and like hold a shirt for like five minutes, like trying to unlock the secrets of the universe within this shirt, but just taking a minute to like hold it, appreciate it. And then I fold it and just be fully present of like, what does it feel like? What muscles do I use when I'm folding it? What color is the shirt? Does it, you know, often it smells like clean laundry, which is such for me, such a pleasant scent. Um, So something like that, like just being really present doesn't have to take long, but just be there using your senses with that particular Another common one is mindful eating. So when I was with the monks, um, you know, I, I took this vow of silence. So that meant I ate in silence. And what we were supposed to do during meal times was we were supposed to um, send gratitude for the entire journey that that food went on for it to kind of arrive on our plate. So that meant like thinking about the plant that grew the tomatoes or whatever. And then, you know, experiencing gratitude for the sun that would shine down on the plants, giving the plant nourishments that then created these beautiful cherry tomatoes that then someone, you know, worked hard to pick and then someone packaged. And then there's a truck driver that drove the trucks to the grocery store. And there was someone there at the grocery store that then put them nicely on the shelves. And then, you know, someone picked it up and we had someone that was cooking for us at this time. So then that person picked it up and then brought it and prepared it beautifully and, you know, put it in the serving dish. And thinking about all of those different steps, all of the beautiful, wonderful people, the journey that that tomato in my dish took from just to get from, you know, a little seed to going into my mouth to nourish my body. And I found that to be such a beautiful process. I really, really enjoyed meal time and thinking about that because for me, especially more presently, I feel like, you know... I don't know. I struggle with this with pork chops sometimes. This is me just being real. One of my personal struggles now is I feel like, you know, I'm I'm trying to feed him, which is always a little bit of a chaotic experience and kind of feed myself. And there's just a a lot going on that it's like just to stop and to have this fully like mindful meal. Um, It's something that I'm really missing and that I'm struggling to fit into my life. But it's like this really beautiful practice. So if you've never done that before, maybe give that a try just for one meal um, today or tomorrow is an option and you just get to fully experience like the joy and the experience of eating through all of your senses in a way that often we're doing something else or eating while we're doing other things get missed. So some other ways to incorporate mindfulness into your day and again you just have to pick one any small chore that you usually multitask through or kind of zip your way through a daily commute any meal um, doing something like creative or if you like to do art or, you know, gardening or walking or showering or journaling, drinking a cup of coffee or tea, even waiting in line somewhere. Basically anything where your instinct might be to like whip out your phone or to get something else going to help pass time faster. That's like a prime opportunity to hit that pause button, take that pause and to practice mindfulness. So the challenge with this, and again, I'll have a meditation or a guided practice, I guess, for you on Sunday to go with this, but do one thing mindfully each day this week and just see what it's like. Just one little task. Just practice mindfulness. Do that thing fully present with your senses, trying to infuse like 
curiosity and joy into it and just see what it's like. I find it to be a really simple but powerful practice. And I think about mindfulness and meditation as like cousins, like related but not the same, and that they both are really useful and really powerful but different. Um, So even if you're a daily meditator, you have a really strong meditation practice, a way of expanding yourself may be um, incorporating a few minutes of mindfulness into your day every day. So some food for thought. Here I thought it was going to be this short little mini and then I went on this rant about pebbles, but you know, you never know what you're going to get here. Um, But I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to hear about, you know, incorporating mindfulness into your day and what that's like. And I hope that wherever you are, you are having a wonderful, beautiful and uplifting day.